Wow. Yeah. Does that have... That has a whiffer? Robot voice because of... Thick yeah. and dark looking. It looks you put a lot of oxygen into the fermenting yeast, they go aerobic and they start multiplying. Great American Ale off, but I don't want to drink a bunch of American Ales. Cause of death. Dun, dun, dun. It tastes worse than Bud Light. <laughs> Straight up 10. I just pressed the record button. All right. Hope it works this time. <laughs> just so. Uh, <clears throat> now, <laughs> I'm so, I do want to, I'm going to go ahead and say that we, we did interview Brandon Rhinus rather recently, last week, had a really nice interview, fun interview. Uh, as soon as we exit the call and I went to the, the recording software, it recorded exactly one minute. So essentially, us starting the call, as soon as we started the call, I guess the, the recording software completely screwed out on us. So, <laughs> so, so uh, well, listen, we'll call that one, a, that, that was a rehearsal. This is uh, the real interview. Yeah, yeah, that was the, that was the rehearsal. You know, hey, you know what? Sometimes it's just fun to talk to you, Brian, and you're a cool guy. <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, last time we did have Eamon with us. Uh, Eamon's feeling a little bit under the weather today. Um, so I'm going to try this, uh, I'm going to try the solo thing and see how it goes because I really, wa I really wanted to get you on here and, uh, and help promote your stuff. And yeah. Sweet. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, <laughs> I don't know where to start cause we already had this conversation. Let me, <laughs> let me look at my notes. Uh, I'm gonna I'm try my best to pretend like we didn't have this conversation before. And yeah, so, let's ask all the same questions because uh, yeah, okay. that was a good interview. <laughs> yeah. Um, so last time we spoke, because you, you, this is the second time on the podcast, third time on the podcast. Uh, uh, last time we spoke, we you were just in the middle of promoting Hotbox. Could you tell us about some of that, uh, how that went, and the yeah. It it went like exceptionally well, like surprisingly well. I'm it could not have gone better. To tell you the truth, we had a a big premiere up here in Edmonton. Um, I was like April, I think it was, and you know packed house. It was a huge theater, you know, holds like 500 people, and it was like you know nearly full, and it was just like just great vibes all around. Um, we actually we had such a demand for it um, that we did a second screening a few weeks later, which was a success too. Um, there's always, you know, especially with a comedy, like I'm, I'm kind of more known for doing uh, horror type stuff. So doing a straight up stoner comedy, there's always that, um, there's that possibility that no one would find it funny. You know, I'm just like, man, what if I go in that theater and it's just crickets in the theater for two hours, you know, like it's going to be so humiliating. And, um, I thought, I thought, I thought it was funny, you know, even like, you know, I edited the movie myself and I was like, I think this is funny, but you know, is anyone else, you know, like comedy is so subjective. Um, so I was kind of, you know, biting my nails in the theater, just like, oh my God, I hope, hope this, uh, hope people like this. And it was just nonstop laughter the whole time. Um, people just loved it. Um, even my dad, um, my parents came, my dad was like, oh, I didn't, like, I didn't even realize you were that funny. You know? Um, so I think it was, it got a very good buzz. Um, even, even to this day, I hear uh, just, you know, working on sets and stuff. I just hear people quoting lines from the movie and stuff like that. So, um. Um, yeah, it was, it was just a great experience and, you know, we're still trying to find like a distributor for the movie and find a way to get it out into the world. So, uh, hopefully anyone listening will be able to watch it soon. Cause you know, I got strangers even just messaging me all the time, like, where can I see this? And, you know, it's like, well, other than on my laptop, there's not really a, a way to see it at this point. You know, we're trying to you know figure out what to do with it next, but, um, I can tell there's a big, big demand for it. And, uh, I think it's just something different. Um, you know, like there's not a lot of stoner comedies out there. You know, there's a few, but yeah. this is kind of my own spin on it. And it's kind of unique and it's different than a lot of the stuff I've made before. And it's different than a lot of the stuff out there. So I think uh, there's going to be a certain segment of the population that is going to think this movie is freaking hilarious. Um, and I can't wait to get it out there. Are there any, uh, are there any avenues that have, uh, that look promising when it comes to releasing it? 
There is. Yeah, we got a, a few leads. It's just one thing I never, I mean, I'm still somewhat new to this. Like I've never, I've really sold a bunch of short films and we have uh, my first uh, full length movie Cold Comfort is still um, in, so like it's basically, we got a distribution deal for it, but they're doing some extra work on it. And it's, you know, the whole process is so slow that we actually, you know, made Hotbox and, and got it out first. <laughs> um, but I've never really had like a, an official like full-length movie released worldwide. So I'm still kind of new to it. One thing I didn't anticipate is, uh, you know, we shot it up here in Canada um, with all local actors. And, you know, some of them are fairly big names around here, but they're not, you know, worldwide famous. So the problem we're kind of running into is, you know, people are like, well, it's, you know, like there's no big stars in it. It's really hard to sell a comedy that has no big name stars in it. And I was like, well, you know, so it doesn't really matter. The movie's freaking hilarious and everyone loves it. It's like, you know, no company doesn't want to take a chance on it, which is kind of stupid. Um, but we do have a few that watched it and they're like, oh, it looks great. It's hilarious. We love it. Um, they're just, you know, their slates are full this year or something. So we got, you know, like we got three companies that say contact us January and we'll, see what we can work out so you know you know so a few promising things you know if not i can self-distribute maybe you know it's like i'm still kind of um i'm still kind of learning the whole thing and i don't want to jump into anything too quick and you know i heard hear all these horror stories of uh you know filmmakers getting ripped off and everything and i've got such a great movie um in, you know, in my pocket that i don't want to just blow it and you know end up you know making a deal that i shouldn't have so i'm being very cautious and exploring all the options and uh you know, seeing, um, you know, kind of what the best thing to do with it is. Yeah. I, I see a lot of, um, a lot of filmmakers doing the uh, self-distribute thing, especially with Amazon. Uh, some, some take a weirder, um, Ponzi scheme route and they get, they definitely get screwed. But, uh, <laughs> but I've seen that too. I'm like, I don't know what were y'all thinking. Y'all were just, you were just desperate to get out there. If this is your baby, you got to treat it like, you know, treat it like a child, you know, with care. Yeah, Exactly. And, uh, but it's like one day something will happen. Like, uh, I mean, you know, worst, absolute worst case scenario. If you know, year or two from now, and it's still hasn't gone to deal, I'll put it on YouTube. You know, like something, something's happened that one day people you will be able to see it. You know, no matter what. Um, so it's obviously I want to make uh, the money back um, for the investors that put money into it. So you know, we got to you know at least make a decent effort to kind of you know make some money off of it, which I think is a, is a fairly decent possibility. So I think you know someone's going to take a chance on it and hopefully it'll be, you know, a, a pretty big success. And then they'll kind of, you know, because we actually plan to do um, another comedy um, called one night drunk about this guy that goes out, gets really drunk. And then it's all the crazy stuff that happens to him <laughs> as he's trying to get home. And we actually, like I wrote the script. We actually, we had it cast, um, you know, we're kind of in pre-production and that's when we started running into this issue with cold or with, um, Hotbox, and I was like, "Oh, great! I don't want to have like another comedy that's in the same genre." And great, now we have two movies that we're having a hard time selling. Um, so we ended up putting that one on hold um, in favor of doing a, a horror movie again. So if, if Hotbox is a success, then that'll open the doors, and you know people will trust us to do um, to do One Night Drunk. Hey, if you ever need a, some co some po a podcast personality on on one of your films, uh, don't hesitate. <laughs> I will keep that in mind for sure. <laughs> okay. uh, so uh, you say that um, a hot box is, is is one of those one in a hundred films you do, or I, but I mean like as far as like is that one comedy in your sea of horror films? Um, and I know you, I, I see on IMDb that you've done a lot of um, uh, short horror films, and I, uh, could you care elaborate on some of these uh, some of these other works you're doing? Yeah, yeah, I've done a whole lot of short horror films. I mean, I love the horror genre. That's it's not only what I do; it just tends to be mostly what I do. Um, so a lot of the concepts I come up with, the ones I find the most fun, or just tend to be horror. Um, I do have some comedy stuff. I made a kind of like a romantic comedy kind of thing called "K Thanks Bye." Um, we actually won a, a grant um, to produce that, and. Um, it's you know turned out very well. It's on it's not on my main YouTube channel, but it's on a on the um the uh, you know the broadcaster that you know helped us make it. It's on there. Uh, they're called Story Hive. Tell us Story Hive. It's on their um, YouTube page, so you can see that there. But other than that, it tends to mostly be horror or you know close to horror. Um, I just find, especially with um, simple concepts, like I can come up with uh, like a lot of just you know very 
easy to do, kind of simple but cool um, horror stories. So it was, I think it was last year, maybe the year before, I think it was last year we did what I called a horror day where I just wrote these kind of like one to two page horror scripts. There was five of them and we shot them all in one day. And it went very well and I got a lot of uh, attention just from those uh, those shorts. So a few months ago, um, you know, I was kind of you know feeling good coming off Hotbox and I was like, I want to do kind of a similar thing, but I want to just make it bigger. So I'm going to write, they're all kind of like five page horrors and we're going to do them all in one weekend. And, you know, it, it was kind of a catastrophe. Um, we got them, we got them finished. They're not, I don't know how they turned out because I haven't finished, uh, you know, editing yet. It's just, you know, like scheduling problems, just, you know, everything that could go wrong went wrong. And, you know, like Hotbox was just such a, like a fluke. It was like a freak of nature film shoot. We actually finished like an entire day early, which is like, you know, never happens. Um, I don't think, I think there was one day we ran over schedule by an hour. Every other day we were either on schedule or early. There was no problems. And we had a freaking huge crew, you know, like a hundred people working on that movie and just, you know, everything, it was just like the perfect movie. So, you know, I was kind of just, uh, you know, feeling overconfident and, you know, I could do anything now. And so we, you know, put, you know, try to do this incredibly hard project and then, you know, not realizing that, oh, it's not going to be easy every time. So, you know, I got kind of like a rude awakening on the, on that one, but hopefully the films turned out well. Um, but I just, I mean, like I love filmmaking and I just love, you know, I have a bunch of different ideas. And so it's like, well, if we can kind of just do a whole bunch at once and, you know, just kind of more content to put out there. And, you know, every, every one of these shorts I put out, um, you know, they do have their fans and, you know, people message me about it. And a lot of them, they lead to me um, getting work. You know, someone will watch one of them on YouTube and be like, yeah, I like that. I'm, I'm looking for someone to uh, write a script for me. And they'll end up hiring me to, write a movie or it'll lead to something like that. So I just like getting stories out there and, you know, just kind of building my brand and, you know, basically entertaining the people that like these kind of things that I make. So um, I'm slowly putting it together. Maybe one day in a couple of years, I'll have enough horror shorts that I can, you know, put them all together into uh, an anthology or something, be like the, the higher universe uh, horror anthology. So um, yeah, we actually, we have one, um, one that I made called The Painting of Ebony Shaw. It was a short horror, and it actually got picked up um, by an anthology being made in the UK. Um, the producers in Ireland, it's called uh, Creepy Stories for the Dark, and it's one of seven films worldwide that was chosen to um, to be in that, so it's supposed to be coming out on uh, on video on demand and on DVD and Blu-ray sometime next year. Oh, nice. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, until then, you can you can find it on YouTube. Until that point, when it comes out, I got to take it off YouTube. So if you want to, oh really? See it beforehand. <laughs> Better go watch it now. Yeah. Oh, will they sue you? I don't know if they'd sue me. They just said, you know, what like once this is really part of the deal is, you know, it can be available online. Okay. Um, but <laughs> it is as of right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> um. So of that, uh, of that compilation of uh, shorts that you filmed, uh, is there any any that stand out to you? Um, I guess probably one of my, my most like famous is um, I'm in love with a dead girl about a guy who's uh, kind of lonely and he tries, you know, internet dating and it never goes well. Um, so he ends up, you know, he sees on the news that um, this young woman was killed in a, in like in a bicycle accident and he kind of just falls instantly in love with her after seeing her. So he goes to the, the graveyard, digs her up and then basically, you know, takes her as his girlfriend. Um, the whole kind of joke is that, you know, he brings her out in public, they go to movies together and, you know, all this other stuff. He introduces her to his family and friends and like no one seems to notice that she's, you know, dead. Um, you know, he makes up excuses that, oh, she's quiet, she's shy, you know, all this kind of stuff. And um, that's probably my most popular film. That one, like, I get messages. I mean, that was two, three years ago that came out now. And, and to this day, I get messages from people all the time uh, telling me how much they like it. And I have this one kind of like super fan of the movie. Um, who messaged and said that it's her favorite movie of all time, which is <laughs> kind of hard to believe. Um, she's like, oh, I watch it every day. I've shown it to all my friends. And, you know, so it's kind of cool that I just made something that, um, you know, speaks to people in that way. And um, actually just recently I expanded it into, uh, I wrote a script for like a, a full length movie, um, which I'm hoping to get made soon. So I did kind of just, you know, the movie is like 10 or 12 minutes, the short, but I just made it into like a full hour and a half long, script and 
you know, hopefully I can raise the money at some point in the next few years to actually get that made. Cause uh, yeah, there's something about that movie. It's, it's kind of like part horror, but part, um, you know, like paranormal romance, part yeah. dark comedy. Like it's got a, it's got a really interesting vibe to it. And that was kind of one of the first, you know, shorts I ever made too. So it was kind of a, it was the first, like, I guess it was the first like quote real short I made, like where I, you know, hired a professional crew and, you know, didn't just, you know, shoot it myself and that kind of thing. So that one stands out. Painting of Ebony Shaw, of course, is, uh, is really good. Um, um, Daddy's Coming Home, one of the newer ones we shot. Um, we had a, found this really cool house that, uh, you know, it looks like it's from the you know, 1930s or something. It's all just, they got all these old, you know, everything in there, all the decorations just looks like from that era. So we got to shoot in there and it looks like we spent a ton of money on set deck, but, um, it's actually, you know, that's just how the people's house looked and they were nice enough to let us shoot there. But, um, yeah, that's, uh, another, another one. Yeah. If you just go to like my higher universe, uh, YouTube, uh, channel, you can find like all my shorts on there. And I always like hearing what people like. Cause there's, you know, some of them I don't like too much, you know, they didn't turn out well, or I could have done it better. And, but then people just love that one. Um, you know, it's just kind of, and some people, they, you know, they like one, they don't like the other. I mean, there's, even though they're all horror, there's quite a big variety within, within the, you know, that genre. <laughs> so, uh, I see some, I see some stills from, um, a more, you know, one of your more recent ones. Uh, I think it was like, you had one of your actresses in like a bathtub of blood or something. Yeah, that was, um, that was, uh, the horror weekend as we call it that, you know, the one I just mentioned that, uh, kind of turned into a catastrophe. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was um, Julie Whalen. Uh, she's actually like a actor, writer, um, producer. Um, she's actually uh, one of my co-producers on Hotbox, and she was in the movie too in, in one of the funnier roles. Um, so when I pitched her the idea for doing um, Horror Weekend, I was like, yeah, I want to do like five short horrors within a couple of days. And uh, she ended up acting in, um, I think, four of the five. And she was like, oh, I want to do one where I'm bathing in a bathtub of blood. And I was like, you got it. <laughs> so I like, came up with one called, called Blood Bath. And basically she, you know, throughout the day, she starts turning uglier and uglier, you know, getting these like sores on her face and, you know, all this stuff like that. And the only way for her to be pretty again is she has to like bathe in human blood. So she's always going out, you know, killing people, draining them in the blood, bathing in it. And she turns back to normal. Mm-hmm. Um I just, I kind of underestimated the, the cost of filling a bathtub with blood. You know, I kind of like, sounds cool to me. Let's do it. And so I talked to the makeup artist and she's like, yeah, that's like a lot of blood. And, you know, so basically like, you know, half the budget for, for the whole weekend was spent filling that bathtub with blood. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, um, but it, you know, it turned out fairly well. And, you know, I'm trying to get the, all five of those edited because I want to get them out soon. It's just, you know, like get preoccupied with other things and you know, we got other shoots going on. So they're kind of, yeah slow coming but they'll they'll be out soon how um how far into post edit are you on those shorts i got one i got a rough cut of one of them done um the one called um i i am not a robot i got a rough cut of that one done other than that uh so basically we got a long ways to go but i mean really like they're maybe you know four to five minutes each so it's probably like half hour worth of stuff like it won't take me that long once i dedicate time to it um, I just got to come up with a bit more money to, um, you know, I need a score done and then, you know, color grade and sound mix and all that stuff too. We kind of ran out of money. Um, but it's, you know, it'll be coming, um, once, you know, I got some bigger projects I'm working on at the moment, but it won't be long before they're, before they're out. And I always like releasing new stuff cause it kind of just, you know, every time I put out a new horror short, it kind of just, um, you know, stirs up a bunch of interest again and, you know, I get to, you know, a bunch of new people kind of discover me and they watch it and then I get to hear what they think of it. Um, so it's always kind of, it's always kind of exciting just to put new stuff out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's always fun. I, I know that a lot of people, um, a lot of people just make your stuff and a lot of people probably see your stuff and don't even know cause you sell so many scripts. Wait, oh, sorry, say that again. I was saying that there's a, a lot of people probably see your stuff and don't even know it because they you know, like a lot of people, you know, they'll, they'll buy your scripts and make your make your films and whatnot no you make yeah yeah there's um like a lot of the um 
like, you know, they kind of always say that like short films are like a calling card because they don't really like, I haven't had any, I've made a bit of money off some just through screenings, but um, they're not really profitable. They're basically just a way to get myself noticed because it leads to work somehow. So, you know, people will watch them and hire me to write a script um, or a lot of people will watch them and then they'll, you know, they'll realize, Oh, I make comic books too. And then they'll end up buying my comic books, you know, so I'll make some money that way. So it's kind of just putting out the content out there. It's not like each, little film like makes money for myself but it's like somehow just doing it all together makes me enough to keep the whole operation going um, with the features you know we put more money into it so i'm hoping they'll be profitable but for the shorts it's just a way of you know getting myself out there and yeah like and people some, i mean i'm sure there's a lot of people watch it on youtube and not realize like they don't know me or they don't know higher universe they'll just watch this film and you know they'll like it or not like it um but there's a lot of people that will just go to my channel and they end up just, you know, kind of becoming a fan and they just like everything that I do. And then, you know, I have people that just like all my comics, all the films, you know, it's always kind of, kind of nice people that just seem to kind of just, um, they just really get what I'm going for. Like everything I do just has, you know, it's my own personal spin on it. And some people, it just seems to really connect with them and they just kind of like everything that I do and everything that I write. And so that's always kind of nice. Obviously I want more of those people because they're, you know, building a fan base, but, Sometimes it's just, you know, people will just be, you know, going around YouTube, checking stuff out and they'll watch some horror and, you know, they'll click like or dislike on it or whatever, thumbs up, thumbs down. And, and that's the end of it. Yeah. Speaking of, um, of comic books, I was actually, uh, I'm actually in a, um, like a, this big gamers and geeks, uh, group. It's like, it's like thousands and thousands of people are in this group and I was scrolling along and there I seen your name plastered upon, uh, <laughs> plastered upon a uh, a picture of someone shared of chainsaw reindeer oh yeah yeah i was so shocked i was so like i was like holy <laughs> shit that's brandon rhinus <laughs> that's brandon rhinus <laughs> could you uh, could you so where did this uh chainsaw reindeer come from um it was i kind of just wanted to do uh i can't remember exactly what made me think it but i was thinking along the lines of like so many comics, like, you know, they have these, you know, huge story arcs and you kind of, you got to read like, you know, six or 10 or 12 issues just to kind of, you know, get caught up with all the characters and everything. Like they all have, you know, such deep stories and everything, which, you know, is fine. I was just sort of thinking that. And then I was like, I want to do the opposite. I want to make something that has like no story that like breaks every rule. I even said, you know, some of the interviews I did about it that, you know, I basically did it just to piss off English teachers. Um, <laughs> And I was like, you know what? So I was like, what's this the most crazy, ridiculous thing I could do? And it just like chainsaw reindeer just kind of hit me. And I was like, oh, okay. He's like, lives in the North Pole. He's abused by Santa Claus. And finally one day he snaps. And so I was just like, I wrote it super quick. It was basically like a joke. I, you know, I was like, no one's ever going to like, you know, read this. It's so ridiculous. Um, and basically I was just like, okay, he goes to like every country in the world and and just kills people with this chainsaw. So, you know, I started just making a list like, okay, he's in England. What could he do? Like, he could kill the queen, um, one of those guards with the big furry hats. Um, and they're like, okay, what if he goes to France? And I'm like, how about a mime? Maybe he could like destroy the Mona Lisa. Then he can go to Egypt. Uh, maybe he could like destroy King Tut's tomb, kill some camels. And, you know, I just made this huge list like that. And then I, you know, wrote it into a script and that was like, we did, we just finished the um, latest episode or latest issue of ghoul squad. So I went to the, the artist, uh, Carlos Trigo, who does, who um, is the art artist on that. And I was like, Hey, do you want to do this new comic instead? And he was all for it. So he drew it and you know, we got it colored and we got, basically we got the whole thing finished. And I was like, this is awesome. I actually like this. I showed it to a few people. They liked it. We actually signed a deal with a, a different publisher. Um, and, it was kind of like basically right at the time, like within the week that it was supposed to be released. They basically like, they, they kind of went through some changes and they sold the company and they changed everything and ended up like the deal kind of changed. So I asked them, I was just like, can I, can I just back out of the deal and get my, the rights of the comic back? And, you know, they agreed to that. So I ended up pitching it to um, Action Lab Comics and they loved it. And uh, it is now in comic stores worldwide. And, you know, I got people from, all over the world messaging me about it and then reading reviews on it and it's it's actually it's the first comic i've had that isn't um you know self-distributed like i put it out under my own company higher universe but this is one that was picked up by a bigger publisher as a 
a bigger reach. So I just find it interesting that, you know, I pitch my comics all the time and, you know, one reason or another, you know, they pass on them or whatever. And so the, the one that I make as a joke that I think has no chance, it's like, Oh, that's the one we want. Um, it's like, Oh, that's kind of interesting that um, people just, I think they see what I was going for in there. And it's just like, it's a one shot comic and it's just all craziness and fun and violence and you know you don't got to think a lot about it and i think a lot of people just like it for that reason now i did read one there's there's a lot of good reviews on it but i did read one critic and he said that it was it was childish <laughs> yeah i've i don't i try not to read reviews of any <laughs> of my stuff um like I sometimes I just like I'll see it on Twitter and I'll you can just read the headline or whatever and I can kind of get the impression. And I saw a couple bad ones, overwhelmingly good, but it's like yeah, it's like of course it's childish. Like it's it's a comic called Chainsaw Reindeer. Like I'd, I'd be a failure if it wasn't childish, you know. It's like like the expecting Gone with the Wind, you know. It's like freaking you know Shakespeare. It's like Chainsaw Reindeer, the reindeer that kills people with a chainsaw. There's no way you can make that not childish, you know. Like it's Look, that that needs like, to be your uh, sequel. To, your your sequel to the Chainsaw Reindeer needs to be Chainsaw Reindeer uh, Gone with the Wind edition, where you just mowing. Oh down, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> mowing down maybe, Nazis. Maybe one day. <laughs> mowing down Nazis on the on the prairie. <laughs> yeah it's, it's just one of those things like like i mean whatever like i can't you know i can't um i can't make people like my stuff you know it's just like they'll put things out there people are like it they won't like it it's you know whatever it's, it's not really even really any of my business you know like i can't have a hundred percent success rate it's just sometimes it makes me mad when um when they dislike something when it's like that's the exact reason like i was trying to do it you know it's just kind of frustrating when they they think they're trashing it and it's like no that's what i was trying to do it's like i wasn't trying to write a deep story and i failed i was trying to make it childish so you know by you bashing it for that it's kind of just confirming that it did exactly what it intended to do you know it's like but it's like i think i even um i even like retweet uh, bad reviews like i'm pretty sure like i tweeted that one it's like as long as people are talking about it it's like i don't care if you like it or not like it as long as you're talking about it um, it's just going to get me more attention and, you know, sell more comics. So, you know, so I shared that one too. And, uh, but I mean, overall, like the, the, I was surprised. I thought there'd, there'd be more of that. I thought there'd be like, you know, half people will like it and half the people will not like it, but there is overwhelming just, you know, support for it. Right. People just got a total kick out of it, which is, uh, you know, even more so than I was expecting. So I'm glad that, you know, I provided a, a bit of enjoyment for people and you know if you haven't read that comic you know go to your comic store or go online and uh and check it out heck yeah and um what what's the process of of really creating comic book and like how do you how do you how does one find an artist and whatnot and penciler and sketchers and um i just found them all online like uh i think it was like 2013 or so when i kind of first started doing this and like i I knew roughly how to get a, a comic was made, you know, but I'd never done it before. Um, so I just kind of, you know, posted on, um, you know, Facebook or just like artists uh, message boards and stuff and just said, Hey, I'm looking for an artist. And I just asked him like, what do you charge per page and send samples of your work. And then, you know, we get, you know, hundreds of like submissions and I just go and find the ones that had good looking art and then, you know, charge the amounts that I could afford. Um, and, you know, and then I just, you know, would hire them. We just do one page at a time. And, you know, especially for my first comic, you know, I still had a day job back then. And, you know, I'm not a rich guy. So I couldn't, you know, I didn't have the thousands of dollars to do it all at once. So we just did one page, you know, per, um, I think it was like one page per paycheck, basically. Just like yeah, every Friday I'd, or every second Friday, they'd send in the new page and then I'd pay them out of it. And, you know, it took a year to finish the comic. But, um, you know, it finally got made and then we'd start selling that one. And then, you know, reinvest the money and then we started doing more and putting more money into it and um yeah so basically just you know find the artists you like and you know we have pretty much all my pencilers also ink their own comics so i'll have a penciler and inker and then i'll send it off the colorist and they'll color it and then we send it off to the letterer along with the script and they'll put the word balloons on there and then we um you know basically get it compiled together into a you know finished pdf and then we order printed copies and you know, got a little system set up and we start selling them and, um, you know, it takes a while and, um, 
it's it's taken like we've put the comics a bit we've slowed down a lot just because like now that we've branched into movies or that i've branched into movies the movies are so much more expensive and take so much more time that the comics are just slower coming out but we do have you know some new things coming out chainsaw reindeer we just had another uh, horror comic come out um and we got a few new things that will hopefully be out maybe by the end of the year or early next year um so it's it's slow going but it's a fun process and uh you know, if you like comic books, like it's, you know, it's just a great way to, to get your, um, your creativity out there. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people don't know that, you know, how much it goes into comic books. A lot of people just think it's the writer and the, the artist, but there's like, there's like a letterer and all kinds of other things and colorists and pencilers and everyone has their own little, uh, little skill for it. So that's all yeah, yeah, there's a lot of that too. And, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, it's my comic, so I supervise the whole thing. You know, the letterer will send the page and and I'll basically, you know, if any change is made, I'll ask for the changes. And then once <laughs> once I approve it, then he'll go and ink it and basically make it permanent. And then I'll, I'll send it out to the colorist. And I put a lot of trust into, like, my artistic team, so I don't really micromanage them and tell them exactly what I want. You know, there's some, some things that need to be a certain color or whatever. But for the most part, I'll just kind of let them do their thing. Um, I always do a, a rewrite too, right before we get the letters done. Um, because you know, when I'm writing the script, there's no pictures yet. It's basically just, you know, on my, you know, my laptop. So as soon as all of a sudden the finished colored pages in things kind of change, you know, I'll go and I'll take, you know, I'll go each panel by panel and I'll look at the dialogue I wrote and, and I'll be like, Oh, you know what? I'm going to change it slightly based on, on this. Or sometimes I'm like, you know what? There's, you know, maybe not as much room as I, planned in that panel so i'm just going to cut the dialogue down a bit or um you know there's little things to add in there that you can always just find in ways to improve the story so i'll make those changes right before i send it off to the letterer and then they'll go and they'll put the word balloons on and all the the um, you know sound effects and all that man the opinions and beer uh comic comic book coming soon to a <laughs> to a comic book shop near you <laughs> but uh but no uh uh but yeah that's so that's so cool i'm so i'm so glad to see all of your stuff is uh work is working out you're doing really good uh well, thank you. i know you've got a um your current film that is coming out soon you're working on that it's coming yes um uh, the haunted i'm haunted i'm haunted my bad yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's, it, November first is the date I set, and as far as it seems, it's everything's sticking to that schedule. It's um, it's quite different from anything I've done. It's uh, it's a found footage project, which typically I've always said I would never I would never do one just because I generally don't like found footage movies. But once I started thinking about this idea, I was like, hey, you know, this is kind of cool, and it could be done very cheaply. Um, so I ended up writing it and they got, you know, big support for the script. People liked it. And so I was like, you know what, let's just do it. Um, basically it's about a young woman who starts to believe that her apartment's haunted. So she starts a video blog to kind of, you know, document all the, you know, scary stuff that's been happening and also, you know, stuff going on in her life. Um, and, you know, things basically her life starts falling apart. The haunting gets worse and, you know, it's, you know, some kind of scary stuff happens. Um, but what we're doing to make it kind of more original is that we're going to be releasing it in like micro episodes over the course of two months or so, kind of like it's happening in real time. So we're shooting it all this month in October and we're going to release it. Each episode will be, you know, kind of, you know, maybe one to four or five minutes and it'll be not, not maybe not every single day, but almost every day, sometimes twice a day, you know, sometimes it'll be a couple day break but it'll basically be happening like in real time. So she'll update these videos and you could watch it. And it's almost like it's happening in real life. Um, so she'll, you know, say she's going to go do something. And then, you know, the next day you'll come back, watch the next episode and you'll get a, a recap of what happened there. And, you know, some of the crazy stuff she gets on camera. Um, and then once it's all done, basically after the two months is over, we'll have enough material that we can edit it together into and release it as a full length movie as well. Um, so I've never done anything like this before. I'm not sure how it's going to go. Um, we, it seems like we've been getting just, you know, a lot of page likes just on our Facebook page for it. It seems like just the concept alone and the, 
you know, the title and the, the poster just been getting a lot of attention. Um, so there's already a bit of excitement generated for it. So I'm hoping that translates into a lot of people watching. Yeah, it's um, really innovative, man. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's, I'm not sure what to expect. It's uh, like, basically, we're just going to do it and hope, hope for the best. And, you know, you never know, maybe like the, the episodes might be super popular or maybe they won't be that popular, but the, the movie will be when it comes out. Like, you never know uh, which way it could go. Um, we're actually start. I don't want to put the episodes on my, my um, higher universe channel just because, you know, I got my other films on there and I, I don't want to all of a sudden clog it up with, you know, 70 episodes of something else. Um, so we're starting a brand new channel um, that I actually haven't started yet, but I will in the next few days. Um, so I basically have to build up a new kind of fan base just for that. So, um, but I'm hoping that when they come out, um, starting November 1st, you know, if you put your, you know, set your notification or set it so you get a, a notification every time the new episode comes out, because I'm actually going to set it so it'll come out kind of in, real time so if it's three o'clock in the morning and you know she hears something happening in her apartment it's going to be you know 3 a.m all of a sudden it pops up and she's filming this thing in, in her apartment so um so i'm hoping people kind of just get involved in it and uh and really like it it's uh it's kind of cool it's um you know we're doing it on a fairly reasonable budget um and a lot of it is just you know so far it's just been i'm basically the crew like the whole movie's filmed on uh, either a laptop or a phone um, so we don't have a, a film crew, which is kind of never really done that before. So a lot of it is just me and Elizabeth Chamberlain, the, the lead actor in it, um, just kind of filming the stuff. And um, we're almost done. We only have about maybe two days of shooting left. Um, tonight we're going out and shooting one scene in a bar. And then uh, Sunday we have a busy day where we got a whole bunch of other actors that come in to do stuff. And then other than that, we might just have a few little pieces to fill in here and there. But for the most part, it's a, uh, getting close to being done. So, uh, yes, I'm kind of excited to, to show it to everyone and, and get people's thoughts on it. Um, I've showed a few clips to some people and they're like, Oh my God, it's so suspenseful and scary. So <laughs> I'm hoping that carries over into, you know, that's uh, what a lot of people think. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be good. I'm also, um, using it as the basis for my first novel, which I'm both halfway done writing. Um, it just like, you know, basically the whole movie I'm haunted is just like her, it's like her video blog. Right. So it's mm -hmm. kind of, you know, just, she tells the story. So like, well, that translates fairly easily into like a diary. So basically this book is her kind of diary documenting all the stuff happening to her. Um, I just get to expand on the concepts a lot and go into a lot greater detail, but I'm hoping that'll be out in a few months too. And that'll be my first um, published novel, Hell yeah, which, man. uh, which I haven't, like, I haven't written, I've been writing screenplays and comics for so long. I think I was probably, like, 14 the last time I wrote an actual, you know, story, like, in prose. Um, so we'll see how that goes. You never know. It might turn out to be, uh, you know, like, um, I'm more successful as an author than I am at the other <laughs> stuff. You never know. I never know where it's going to go. But I just like putting stuff out there, and, you know, hopefully it'll get a lot of fans. Now, uh Will will her character be interacting with uh with people throughout through like social media and stuff, or have you thought about that? Yeah, I've thought about that. Uh, it's it's super hard to do because well, for one, uh, like Elizabeth is in school, um, acting school, and she has school six days a week. So basically, we've been just filming uh, on Sundays and a little bit in some evenings for a while now. So to basically to dump all this on her would be difficult. So if anyone's going to interact they would it'd probably be, you know, me having to do it if it was over email and stuff, which I'm prepared to do. Um, I'm just not sure how that would work. You know, like, you, you know, if you start getting tens of thousands of email messages and that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure how that's going to go yet. Um, we were kind of like contemplating um, having people kind of, you, you could submit your own story either in you know word form or video form. And then, um, I can you know, maybe include those in the, the movie or the series or something and people telling their own stories. So we're still kind of toying with ideas like that. It's more just the logistics of how we would make this happen. Um, so yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm so busy like writing scripts and you know, I got deadlines to, to do all this stuff. So it's like, crap, if I have to like, you know, it seems like almost a full-time job to interact with people. So I'm not sure if I should hire someone, but they might not know the story. I mean, you know, there's so many um, 
kind of ins and outs of this thing that I'm not sure what we're going to do yet. But um, but we do have some cool things. Like there's a part in the story where um, like there's keep, there's keeping like there's a, a knock knocking on the walls all of a sudden, and she starts kind of knocking back, and eventually she starts communicating with it. At first, it's just kind of like you know yes or no answers, like knock once for yes, twice for no, and she's asking this you know demon questions, and eventually she figures out like oh we can have a, a more in-depth conversation if you do you know one knock for a two for b three for c that kind of thing mm-hmm. so she'll ask it a question and it'll start knocking back this code you know so she can kind of communicate with it um but rather than you know having a you know 10 hour long video of her knocking she kind of just cuts the video and then writes everything down on a pad of paper and then she comes back on and kind of gives the you know the the gist of it however we do have a part where she says you know if you want to read the whole conversation just email us and we'll send it to you so we're going to write out, or I'm going to write out the whole conversation on paper and then just take pictures of it with my phone. And then anyone that, you know, emails us, we'll just send them this whole conversation. So it'll be kind of this, you know, little Easter egg um, thing that they can read if, they, they, if they're interested in it. So there's a little bit of interactive stuff that way. Um, but it might just be also a lot of, um, we'll figure out as we go. I mean, you can only plan so much. And I've had other things too. And, you know, you plan it out as much as you can. And as soon as it's out there, all of a sudden it just, you know, something happens you don't want to expect and it didn't go the way you want. Um, so I'm just going to start airing the episodes and we'll see how it works. You know, maybe people will be sending in questions and then I can answer them in her character. Um, maybe nobody's interested in that. And, you know, it'll, some other thing will pop up. So we're kind of just, we'll play it by ear and then uh, kind of just do our publicity and promotion of it as it goes. Yeah, the, I think the only thing in a similar vein that I've seen do something like this was J.J. Uh, Abrams with uh, the Cloverfield series where he made he actually made a whole bunch of like and really you wouldn't even know. But if like if you just start searching like Cloverfield stuff, like when it was first being released, like there was like fake he like made fake government, uh, fake government uh, uh, websites and stuff. And he made like. Each of these characters had their own MySpace and stuff. This is back in MySpace days. <laughs> they had their own MySpace, and it was just like it was just so crazy that like he went through the he went through the links of like actual cre- like creating fake news articles of like these these secret government uh, agencies and stuff, and like and then you could go and find this weird website where you could download this uh, this lady's um, like vlog of her documenting like all the illegal activity that this uh, company was doing to make these monsters. And, uh, but, um, that's right. That's really the only, yeah, that's other like, that's very thing. interesting. Yeah. That's like the only other thing that's like a, in the similar vein. So it's very, it's definitely an interesting concept. And, uh, I, I really hope you succeed with this. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Everyone listening, just make sure, you know, if you just go to the I'm haunted Facebook page, um, once we start the new channel, we'll be putting, um, putting a link up there and then you can go and subscribe to it and set the notifications. But I mean, we'll be promoting it all over Facebook and everything. So if you, you know, if you're paying attention, you'll be able to find them. Um, and I'm all, like, I'm just not sure also what kind of like viewers habits are. Like, I'm not sure if people will just want to watch everyone as they come out each episode or people prefer to kind of binge watch and they might just, you know, we'll just wait till the whole thing's out and then we'll watch it all at once. Or, you know, maybe once a week they'll get caught up. Like I'm just interested to see how it all works out and we'll know once that happens, whether or not it's worth doing future ones. We've already kind of shot some stuff for a possible, you know, kind of sequel spinoff on it. Um, so we're just going to kind of wait and see how it works and then, you know, adapt accordingly. And if you, you know, people like it and they want more, we can make more. Hell yeah, man. I can't wait to see more. I can't wait to see this one. <laughs> yeah, the, actually the I got a I got a trailer um pick, I got picture lock on the trailer. Um I have a guy doing the score for it right now. Um he's supposed to Thursday, he's supposed to be done tomorrow. So if it works out well, it should either be tomorrow or sometime this weekend we'll be releasing the trailer for it. So um definitely keep your eye out for that and share that with everyone and we'll you know, you'll finally get to see some of what I've been talking about for the last little while. And um, I hope it intrigues people to, to come and watch. Hell yeah, man. And um, I mean, if that's it, if, uh, if, if there's anything else you wanted to talk about or touch on that uh, maybe we skipped over that you would like to like to say. Um, I don't think so. That's uh, 
you know, whenever I talk about it, it seems like, damn, I do a lot of stuff. That's a whole lot of uh, things we're talking about. <laughs> but um, I think that's it for now. But yeah, just yeah, go to the Higher Universe um, YouTube channel, and you know, you could subscribe to that and watch all the short films I've made. And then, yeah, mainly just you know, go buy Chainsaw Reindeer and keep an eye out for I'm Haunted. Hell yeah, man! We love to ha- we love having you on. We can't wait to have you on more in the future. Well, thank you very much. All right. Have a good day, man. Yeah, you too. Goodbye. Hello, this is Opinions and Beer. We're your host, Adam. And Eamon. We may or may not have just interviewed Brandon Rinus. <laughs> I guess only you know that for sure. Only I know this for sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, so if we probably did interview Brandon Rinus. And just so you if know, if we didn't, then this oh is our wow. this is our third time to interview him, the second time on the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, interesting bit of knowledge. So um, always, there's always something going wrong with uh, with these forms of communication uh, involving the internet. And for some reason, the internet does not provide a safe place for us. To, to do podcast episodes and interviews. For some reason, the technology does not want to work on our side. So so instead, we're going to be uh, chilling, checking out some boobs. What is up with this damn... This is broken or something. Yeah, I think it's... I think it's not, uh, I need a new. Uh, I need a new bottle opener. That no, took way no, too. No, you don't. You get plenty. Way you get too. Plenty. Long. I saw some. I saw okay, so this is Best Buy, February twenty twenty four. Twenty twenty four. Yes. We. It, this is twelve percent alcohol by volume. Okay. This is called the Boobery. Is a. It's it's a it's an import from Denmark. It's from the Wicked Tales of Scotland from the Amger Brigus Brewing Company. Amger Brigus. For those that don't know, the Boobry is a big bird. But then, so many birds claim to be big. But when we tell you that that its wingspan equals that of 17 white-tailed eagles, maybe you get the idea. Hopefully, you'll never encounter a Boobry face-to-face as its piercing stare is said to drive a man insane. Really? But from a safe distance, this waterfowl can be seen hunting in the tall grasses along the side, the locks of Argyllshire in the western highlands. Wait, wait, wait. I just want to pause right there. Okay. So it says that just the stare from this this magnificently long-winged, wide-winged bird... Can drive you and uh, another person insane? Can drive a person insane? Is it because like I don't see it has wings. He's obviously like got so much like wing success or whatever that you just really consider your life circumstances and then you know you're just like that's it. I'm done. Yeah. I saw the boobery. I know. I know what the pinnacle of success is, and I'm not there. Is that? Is that what has, exact, uh, what's going on with the boobry is? And apparently it likes to carry sheep or even cattle across the lake. <laughs> Jesus, that's a it's a big wide wide winged wide winged bird. Should you ever decide to visit Scotland for bird watching, we kind of hope for you that the boobry is one fowl that you'll never gonna see. The boobry is a double double mashed whiskey barrel aged imperial. Stout. That's what I'm talking about. Like I said, it sits on 12%. This is our first whiskey barrel aged. whiskey barrel aged. Yeah. This is our first whiskey barrel aged for the show. I wonder how that's going to play out. I let it, and it's a stout. I kind of, I I, I put it in the fridge, but I let it warm up a little bit, so the flavor should definitely come through. So it's mildly cold. I, I love a cold beer. Um, now is this what the boobery is this an actual depiction Woo! that smells strong you smell it no i got i got a fucked up nose oh um, dude i smell whiskey but i'm being serious like what is is the i is think this that is an the actual boobry. depiction of a boobery yes for those that can see the thumbnail 
of our podcast or the picture that is we, this is this supposed to be um uh, but a scary have, story to tell in the dark is this not an actual is a boobery a real thing no i think it's a scary thing oh it's a supernatural like thing? a loch ness monster spooky it's, like, I, I, and it's a scotland tale so it's like a it's like next to the loch ness it's like a scottish tale scottish tale so, where's denmark why is denmark making scottish uh beers Denmark is it's like right around there. Okay. Yeah. It's like they're all like good job, Denmark. Like, well, let's job. see if you did a good job. This is our first beer from Denmark, I think. So this is actually yeah, product of Denmark. How did we? How were we able to get it all? The I way went across. Here? I went across state lines and found okay. a beer store that has a lot of uh, imports. Ol Olet Indhold, thirty-three claw, alcohol with a K. 12% volume. Oilet or Ufilteret at Og. Upasturisaret. Dimmarkin. And a holler. <laughs> corn malt. Starkol. Sisalta. Oramalasta. So if you didn't know what that means, guess what? <laughs> Neither did I. Neither did I. The brewery is notorious for snatching sheep or even cattle. Being transported across the lake by boats, in boats by the local farmers. Oh, okay. So they pick up things on the lake. Yeah, so, on the lake. You know, you might be okay in your house, but you go out onto the lake. You be taken be, from the the boobery. <laughs> How do you pronounce that? That's such a lame name. The boobery. The booby. The boobery. The booby's gonna get you. The boobery. <laughs> the boobery. What if it's like baabery? Barbary. Double mash whiskey, barrel aged Imperial South. Let's go try this brand. Okay. Once again, it sits at 12% in alcohol by volume. I like how with October we're sticking with this, the spooky theme. We're speaking. Oh, yeah. We're all speaking, the we spoke with a. Or, or we're speaking to a. Uh, horror. Horror director. director. Yeah. Screenplay writer. Yeah. Etc. October, um, man. We themed. Opinions and beer. Tries to keep the theme of themes. Yeah, yeah, we're doing a we're doing a good job. Hope you, hope all of you listeners also appreciate that. Um, should we do a, a plug real quick for uh, Facebook? You wanna? Yeah, be sure to join us on our Facebook group at Opinions and Beer. You can follow us on Instagram at Opinions and Beer. You can follow us on Twitter at Opinions and Beer. You can follow us on the new, uh, the new podcasting app for fans we have we are now on flick chat for those that want to flick chat us f-l-i-c-k-c-h-a-t flick chat okay it's new podcasting so similar discord for those that have discord you can follow Eamon on twitch that's x-a-e-m-o-n-x on twitch yes <laughs> and um yeah that's all of our stuff yeah huh? those those good plug should we uh, review this beer now? Let's review this beer. Okay, so I'm smelling it. You told me to smell it. It does. Uh, I mean, it smells like a stout. That, but that's because I can't tell. It, I mean, it honestly um, seems like it may have a little bit. What? Of what is bourbon? Isn't bourbon whiskey? They're very similar. They're very similar, but I don't think they're the same. Well, I wonder if this is Denmark. If they just don't say bourbon, they just say whiskey. No, no, there's there are definitely uh, two unique things in that instance. I feel like this has a little bit of a burn to it, a little bit more of like a whiskey burn. Yeah, um, it's definitely got. Um, I hate so so this has a, like you said a strong flavor coming from that barrel aged uh, portion of it. So, one of the Hellfighters that we tried. Correct. Yes. It was a bourbon barrel aged one, and I feel like that that had the most flavor of. It took the most of the bourbon barrel aged portion of it, mm-hmm. and that came through the most, almost in a toxicity way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it was more prevalent in the fact that it tasted like you were tasting alcohol, yeah. like liquor or whatever. Um, I feel like this thing is. The, the boobery because it's whiskey age I feel like one of the reasons probably why they take more so from the bourbon side over the whiskey side is I feel like whiskey uh, 
kind of has if if there's a lot of different whiskey out there you know yeah. and so they have a lot a lot of different flavors um and some of them come out they don't come out very smooth they come out as very strong uh alcohols um and i feel like we are with this whiskey that they uh barrel that they use it is a little bit stronger i'll say immediately uh i feel like there's it's not like zero to one hundred zero to like 50 or whatever i think it's zero to 100 on that taste sensation scale versus where a bourbon barrel yeah. age one is about you know you might get zero to 60 you might get zero to 20 you might get zero to 100 we got one where it was like zero to 100 yeah. on like that the, the hellfighter i'd say so um that's interesting i'm glad we were able to try uh one that's been flavored with whiskey i wish that potentially it would have uh maybe not have been such a strong one right um so on this this is one of the few companies that just straight up list what you're supposed to be tasting whoa yeah why does it say that? That's weird. So they used. So if you so, drink this, you will die. So this, so this no, no. So this is a stout, so it's an L, but okay. they're using lager malt in it. They're using Pilsner malt, which is a lot, which is usually used for lagers. Okay. I mean, it's not a Pilsner yeast, but it's Pilsner malt apparently. Um, you're supposed to be able to taste uh, some a bit of biscuit. A bit of caf. I don't know what a cafe is. Or in cafe light, cafe cafe light. So coffee. Is that is that the, yeah. is that what cafe is over there? Yeah, I think it's like an instant. So coffee. they so you're supposed you're supposed to be able to taste a bit of biscuit, um, some light coffee notes. <laughs> so some, biscuit instant coffee. They want almost and, want uh, to do some a... light chocolate, uh, and melanodine melanodine. Hmm. Whatever that is. But um, I keep. The thing is, is, is it makes me wonder if there's a, a difference in separation of it. What do you mean? Because I feel like the top layer, uh, that first sip, is very uh, like acidic and whiskey flavored. Yeah. But like once I got rid of that flavor and then like real quick took another sip, it felt like I tasted the actual beer underneath that. And the beer itself doesn't taste bad. No, it's not that like bad it's at a, all. It's a really good beer. Very, uh... And, uh, and we've, we've got actually... We, very smooth. But like you said, I feel like it's like... I don't know. I don't think stout is the right word. Right? Like, this is... I've, you said it's more of like... It takes more from like an ale side. No, well, stout or ales. Stout, uh... You mean, you port, mean but porter not, side, I'm saying, so. but for some no, I'm saying it uses a pil Pilsner's a lager, but it's okay. saying it's it's using it's saying it uses Pilsner malts for some reason, so that means it's going to taste a lot more on like a black lager side, okay, if anything. Uh, so it's almost like a black lager in a stout, you know, in it, but in a bourbon barrel, high high alcoholic uh, black lager, but they used L yeast. Hmm. Um. Very interesting. It's, it'd be nice to see because uh, we actually have a few of this company's beers for Halloween, for the or at least uh, October. We have like three more of their of their beers, and um, I think most of them are whiskey barrel, whiskey barrel aged. So it'd be nice to compare them over the course of uh, the next few episodes. Yeah, and we'll kind of over time gauge uh, gauge what we can say about it and how how it influences it versus a. But off the top of the head. Age. Um, it's a good beer. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't really. The the burn is kind of interesting, only because I haven't had that type of whiskey burn in like a bourbon barrel aged down or something like that. Yeah. It has like a it has a unique whiskey burn to it, and I can't I I can't explain it past that. Like it's the only burn I ever got. From like drinking straight whiskey, type of you know what I mean? Yeah, like uh, it ta it tastes like. Uh, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. It tastes like I'm mixing uh, like Jack Daniels with a really good shot of beer. Yeah, 
Like, and that's that's it comes out very strong. It was eight I for think, seven months. I think that it is uh, really good on paper, and you know the fact that they were able to like you know they were able to execute a beer mm-hmm. that drew from whiskey. Drew like whiskey. so, they 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 did what they were saying. Um, as far as like, uh, I feel like I am getting like kind of like the cafe notes or whatever, but. But once again, Biscuits. but once again, like we said with um, Hellfighter, this is one of those beers where maybe the aged, yeah, no. aged in barrel no, might it actually wasn't the best of ideas. You, you, I, might I actually hurt the the the, the underlining quality. flavors of yeah. the beers. Yeah, I feel like, like I would beer... like to try a booby that wasn't aged. Yeah, boobery, boob, boobery that a boobery that wasn't aged. I would I would like a um, are you saying a younger boobery? But I mean I feel like I feel like a lot of these yes a younger boobery. <laughs> but I <laughs> you have to trade your booberies in I for think, new booberies. I'm starting to think I think that a lot of these beers are made purely to to attract non beer drinkers. Okay, you think so? You think like the bourbon barrel aged stuff and like the imperial like is they they're kind of they they kind of make them that strong and burnful or like that, with that kind of taste to have like a uh, to attract maybe more of like a of the bourbon guy that maybe doesn't he he sees the, the, the he casual. sees like the Budweiser and is like oh beer's yeah. gross and stuff yeah. and then and so they kind of make the these aged. this is like a good brew that something like like a person like that can. Yeah. Go to get into something a little bit less strong. Yeah, yeah. Um, potentially, potentially, I think that also a lot of it is um, is crafters out there that want to, they just want to experiment. Yeah, you know, okay. they love the process. They love making beer. They love drinking beer. They've made a few. They made a lot of good ones mm-hmm. that had some success, and so they're like, "Well, let's try something just fucking out there." Yeah. I feel like a lot of time. That's one of the things I really like about the fact that we've been able to check out all these different breweries, et cetera, and, and like relay that to people out there because people don't understand that like there's people like right living like right next to you going above and beyond trying to make like amazing craft beers for people to taste. And they just don't get enough recognition like they their name isn't out there enough to to warrant the distribution into places where everyone could enjoy them, and I feel like I feel like the beers that we tasted, like don't get me wrong, I'm obviously biased because I like them, but I feel like other people will like them as well. They just haven't tried them yeah. yet. So I I don't I don't know if I agree with the thought that like they're trying to get whiskey drinkers in. Yeah, but it, you're not wrong. Because, like, I'm intrigued by that. Like, I like whiskey. Mm-hmm. I, I'm intrigued by the thought of, like, a beer that may have, like, whiskey qualities to it. Uh, having tasted it now, I'm not as intrigued. <laughs> but but that's that's not the point. Yeah. You know, the point is, is, like, you get somebody to buy this and taste it. Yeah. That's the point of it. Yeah. And I feel like that they did that, and they, they, they did both things there. Yes, that's true. Also, the beer was good. So. Yeah, the beer's good. Solid, solid six point five for me. Right in the middle, as far as imperial stouts goes. I mean, it's good. It's weird. Ah, oh, so weird when we have to rate beers because, like, I gotta think about like. Ah, oh, you. And... I, I rated like this IPA, but I mean, they're just two different. They're two different beers. Two different styles. Two different styles, exactly. Don't rate this towards. No, I know. I'm yeah. just saying, in ge- like, in a general census, like, if you put. You, you look at all my 6.5s or something, or my 7s and 6s, and it's like, oh, look at this beer you put as a 6. But like, yeah, but like, we're trying to rate to style in, in a sense. It's just kind of hard. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I'm not going to say that, like, you know, like this IPA is better than this wi- this whiskey bourbon barrel HA. But, I mean, at the same time, you can. Yeah. Because we put, we're putting it on like a. Like we do joke reviews. Like I'm gonna say that this is uh, 
this is almost like a, a third boobery that has uh, uh, sprouted from nowhere, and you're trying to figure out what to do with it. Yeah, what do I do with this? What do I do with boobery? this extra extra boobery? What am I gonna do with a boobery? And it's getting aged. It's getting old. You got to figure out it's something to do with it. You can't well, you carry as much cattle as it used to. You might as well drink <laughs> it. And that's that's my that's my official review. So the numerical review, though, yeah, I'd give like about a, a six point five or a seven. I was gonna say seven, but I think that six point five yeah. is more accurate because the crafts the craftsmanship of the beer is good. It's like they have like an eight. They have like an eight beer. And then the whiskey thing, I think like the creativity of that, it's high. It's high up on that scale. And I like the fact that they delivered with it. And they also like I taste the notes that they're that they, they lay out here. Maybe not biscuit so much, but that's because biscuits don't really have that much of a flavor. It's just more like that like you know, that texture. Yeah. You know, is more of so I mean honestly it hits all the notes. But it just doesn't taste good. <laughs> like, all in all, the overall product isn't some. It isn't for me. So, like, you might, you guys, you might try this, and this might be what you've been fucking looking for. But, you know, it's not, to me, it's not that. So that's why I'm going to give it, like, a 6.5, 7. Yeah, you give it a, it can carry a lamb. I mean, a, yeah, a lamb, not a sheep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Give it a lamb, not a sheep. But that's. That's just our opinion. Yep. And that's fine. Because all we've got here are opinions. Opinions and beer. And beer.